0: Let's build Resist Radio for all our women, LGBTQ, our dreamers, progressives. We're a movement of many millions, unafraid of enlightenment and truth. Go to ResistRadio.org and be a Resist Builder by helping in any way you're able. Donate and disrupt at ResistRadio.org. Preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Resist Radio. Next. Harrison with you. This is Resist Radio, resistradio.org. Have a bit of an interview coup coming up in just a couple of ticks. We're going to be talking to a 24 year long veteran of the CIA on the inside of the CIA, now a whistleblower here on Resist Radio. He's going to talk about North Korea about the Russians, and about Donald Trump as the sole diplomat for the United States of America, throwing a couple of nuclear weapons at uh, Vladimir Putin, and holy shit. Resist Radio. Radio for the rest of us. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Resist Radio, resistradio.org. You can follow us anytime on social media at Real Resist Radio, at Real Resist Radio. We're talking right now to Mel Goodman. He is a 24-year-long CIA insider turned whistleblower here on Resist Radio. Thank you. It's good to be with you. You know, we're looking
1: at Mike Pompeo now becoming Secretary of State. This was the guy who ran the CIA who does not have a history of particularly good table manners and kindness toward the weaker person. Uh, Admittedly, a guy who talks about really unleashing the animal of insanity and this is Trump's pick. You know, you have to wonder what does Trump get out of it? And, and I know that the way you look at it is that Trump is in it for himself. I tend to agree. A lot of people have no idea what to think. What, what's your uh, your assessment on this?
2: Well, one thing about Trump that I think you can say is he supports the idea of the madman theory of international relations, uh, something that Richard Nixon prided himself on. And that's the idea that if the other side thinks you're really willing to take harsh measures, if you're even willing to go to war, and if you're willing to use nuclear weapons, you can get a lot done that way. Uh, Richard Nixon promoted himself on the basis of threatening North Korea with nuclear weapons, and he thought that madman theory would bring North Korea to the table. And, of course, he was wrong, and the the war dragged on uh, for about 13, 14 years, and after he came into office in 1969, 30,000 additional Americans died. And I'm concerned now with the possibility of a summit meeting between uh, Donald Trump, big rocket man, and Kim Jong-un, little rocket <laughs> man, in May. Even though we don't have a firm date. And North Korea, by the way, has never confirmed that they made the offer. We're still relying on what the South Koreans have told us. I think Donald Trump believes that all of these threats and sanctions got North Korea to the table. Uh, and I think that's a dangerous way to look at the problem. We did this with Iran. We thought sanctions with Iran got them to the table. I would argue that Iran went as far as they wanted to go with their nuclear weapons program and then decided they would use it for leverage. And my guess is Kim Jong-un, who is not irrational. He's not the crazy person that the American media make him out to be. Uh, I think he's done the same thing. He's completed this phase of his nuclear program, and he wants to see what he can get for it, what kind of trade off is going to be my concern with pompeo is let's face it this man is no diplomat there's nothing diplomatic about mike pompeo he he's hard-nosed he's hard-edged uh he tried to push the cia in the in the year that he has been there into more covert action he's a believer in torture and abuse he's a believer in military force he's a believer in military force against north korea he doesn't support the iran nuclear agreement and there's never been anything that i've read that suggests he would support a nuclear agreement with uh, north korea so what donald trump has done with this personnel move is make things worse at the CIA, where he has someone who not only believes in torture and abuse, but has been a cheerleader for torture and abuse, and an overseer of torture and abuse when she was the commander of the worst of the secret prisons uh, in Thailand.
1: And we're talking so, about Gina Haspel uh, we're now. We're talking about
2: Gina Haspel, whom my former colleagues refer to as Bloody Gina, for her role with torture <laughs> oh, and abuse. So with the Haspel appointment, we're closer to reinstituting torture and abuse, which Trump says he supports. And with Pompeo at State, we're closer to the use of military force. And you have to remember, Pompeo is coming over to a State Department that's been totally hollowed out. You know, Rex Tillerson was a disaster as Secretary of State. On the one hand, he probably fed some moderate ideas to Donald uh, Trump. But look what he did to the State Department. Look what he did to the budget of the State Department. If you look at the top 26 positions at the State Department in terms of assistant secretaries of state, undersecretaries, deputy secretaries, I think two of those positions have been filled. And it's kind of ironic that on, we're on the verge of these historic talks with North uh, Korea. The leading North Korean expert in the State Department, Joseph Yoon, just announced he was retiring. He was just fed up with Rex Tillerson and the Donald Trump administration, And the man who had good credentials, who the Trump administration picked to be the ambassador to South Korea, a man by the name of Victor Cha, who worked for the Bush administration, uh, they pulled the rug out from under the sky after the Trump administration got agreement from South Korea. In other words, the Seoul government agreed to accept Cha as the uh, ambassador. And on the verge of his departure uh, and confirmation in this process, uh, Donald Trump said, never mind, because Cha was a supporter of talks. Uh, Rex Tillerson was a supporter of talks, and Donald Trump kept saying, "Uh, you're wasting your time, Rex, with this talk of diplomacy. So who knows what Donald Trump is doing? This is all part of the madman theory, I guess, all part of his love of chaos. I think of that great line that uh, Jeb Bush uttered in one of the debates, he's a chaos candidate, he'll be a chaos president. Well, no truer words were spoken during all of those Republican debates.
0: Mel Goodman, former CIA analyst for 24 years and beyond inside of the U.S. government, inside of the Secret Services. His books include Whistleblower at the CIA, an insider's account of the politics of intelligence and national insecurity, the cost of American militarism. And he's here whistleblowing right here, right now on Resist Radio, resistradio.org, where you can get a podcast of this and others. Also follow us on social media at Real Resist Radio. Mr. Goodman is bringing us up to speed on what he has seen through multiple presidential administrations and what's happening now with Donald Trump, who's basically trying to steal everything that simply is nailed down, and his cohorts, by the way.
2: The idea of these talks taking place in a Donald Trump administration, where the guy doesn't sit still for briefings, doesn't like to read a lot of materials, shows no curiosity during the debates uh in the presidential campaign in twenty sixteen. He had no idea what the nuclear triad was. He doesn't know any of these issues. So now you have a Gina Hespell at CIA, the, the senior intelligence organization.
1: Bloody Gina as you referred to her, just so that we can oh, remember who the players are here. Right,
2: Gina Hespell or as uh her colleagues call her, Bloody Gina. Um, I don't think she has this kind of expertise. And I'm saying this because in 1971-72, I was the intelligence advisor to the SALT delegation. That was the Strategic Arms Limitation Talks uh, that led to an agreement on strategic weapons and an agreement on defensive weapons in 1972. Uh, two. And the one thing about Henry Kissinger, who was the National Security Advisor for Richard Nixon at this time, is he developed a very important backstopping arrangement. All of our research was done over a period of a year before we ever sat down with the Soviets for these very sensitive and technical and difficult uh, discussions. Again, I don't see this administration having that kind of discipline. For one thing, Trump has surrounded himself with general officers. These generals aren't interested in arms control and disarmament. I taught at the National War College for 18 years. and I was always amazed at what these senior military officers didn't know about arms control and disarmament. Uh, Their interest is in building weapons. Their interest is in not Uh, removing weapons from their inventory. So you have to wonder where they're going to get their advice. And Bill Clinton contributed to this problem because in the 1990s he abolished the Arms Control and Disarmament Agency, which was being attacked by neoconservatives in the Senate and House, people like Jesse Helms of North Carolina and Newt Gingrich of of Georgia. So I don't know if we're well-situated for even entering these talks. And on one level, I wouldn't be surprised if they never took place. Uh, But I am cautiously optimistic that we're moving ahead uh, in this direction. And who knows what will come out of of these talks. Resistradio.org.
1: Mel Goodman, 24 years uh, in CIA, many more years beyond that. You've been through lots of presidents. You've seen sanity, insanity, good choices, bad choices, no choices. And here we have Donald Trump. And we've all been trained, I think, mostly by the left. You're not even supposed to mention his name anymore. It's like he's beneath you. And let's just talk about kind of all the stuff surrounding it. But the point is, he is the focal point now. He is the technical adult supervision in the room, self declared and in a very Machiavellian sense, has removed all the grown ups. So basically, we're just left with him. He also announces he wants, what, another trillion dollars worth of new nuclear weapons. If I were on the other side, I'd say, well, shit, I better get going and start building more nukes, too, because I have to have some defense. It's kind of like a Warner Brothers cartoon. We all remember these things where uh, Wile E. Coyote comes in with a hand grenade, and then uh, the Roadrunner comes back with the Death Star, and then Wile E. comes back with a planet crusher, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and that's just the nature of how stuff works. When people have an argument, it heats up, and it always heats up one side greater than the other. We're in that place now where we have the TV star with nuclear weapons and unbelievable power and business entanglements all over the planet, bank loans from every country, all kinds of stuff violating every emoluments clause, everything going on, and we don't seem to want to talk about that part. But I think that part's important you come from the cia i imagine you have a an oath of conduct or support the constitution i've never been in the cia but i assume it's pretty much the same as a marine and if somebody is like hijacking the system that has to be tough for whole institutions to sit and watch do they go along with it or are they offering some resistance i wonder Well,
2: I don't see a lot of resistance coming from the government right now. It's it's very unusual for someone to be a contrarian or a dissident or a whistleblower. I was a whistleblower in 1991 when I testified to the Senate Intelligence Committee about the politicization of intelligence uh, at the CIA under William Casey and Robert Gates. But you don't get a lot of support for whistleblowing. And what we need now, I think, really is more whistleblowing because I think our national security has been compromised and our democracy uh... has been uh, compromised, and when you talk about trump putting uh... up to a trillion dollars into nuclear weapons i think the other leaders of the world are much too smart to follow us down this road a nuclear weapon is not a usable weapon you can't fight a war on a nuclear uh... battlefield and just an example we put all this money into aircraft carriers well at much less cost china has developed very effective cruise missiles which means we can't even get our aircraft carriers close enough to the chinese coast To make them effective. And in a speech Putin gave just about a week or so before his uh, re-election, he talked about non-nuclear weapons that will be far more effective and for which there is no uh, defense. And maybe it was all hot air, but it did suggest that he doesn't see any need for additional nuclear uh, weapons. So it's kind of ironic that we finally have an important nuclear agreement with Iran, for which Obama and Secretary of State John Kerry deserve a great deal of credit. We have a North Korea that's willing to talk about trading denuclearization for security guarantees from the United States, and you have a president who knows no- nothing about nuclear weapons talking about throwing more money uh, at the problem. And as for adults in the room, there never have been adults in the room since Trump was elected. You know, the idea that general officers uh, who were very valuable on a tactical and operational level would be valuable on a strategic uh, level, I think, was um, a foolish notion. Really,
1: we're talking right now to Melvin Goodman. He is uh, was a CIA analyst at CIA for 24 years. He's got multiple books, uh, one of which is Whistleblower at the CIA and Insider's Account of the Politics of Intelligence, the National Insecurity, the Cost of American Militarism, and we're taking a look at what is sitting right in front of us. If you may be hearing this days later it's still exactly, possibly, in the same spot where we're looking at Donald Trump placing himself as the diplomat-in-chief for the entire nation, having very few, more, very few uh, actual trade diplomats around to do this stuff. And I think with North Korea and Iran and the rest, if you're the only one without nuclear weapons and you have nuclear weapons pointed at you, do you not feel like you ought to also have them because you don't understand that you're brown and you shouldn't have them, or that you're Asian and don't look like us, and therefore you shouldn't have them. Like, how are they supposed to understand why they shouldn't have them?
2: Well, here's what I think uh, leaders such as Kim Jong-un understand. And I would say the same thing for the Iranian uh, leadership uh, under the Ayatollah. In 2002, January 2002, George W. Bush made an absurd speech uh... historically it just made no sense whatsoever he defined the axis of evil and the axis of evil consisted of three countries who really didn't have much to do with each other iraq iran and north korea iraq and iran fought a ten-year war in the nineteen eighties but the lesson for kim jong-un and the lesson for the ayatollah i assume was that when we went to war we went to war with the one country that didn't have a nuclear program that is iraq because iran did have a nuclear program and north korea of course had a nuclear program going back to that period of time so the lesson for kim jong-un and it was uh... revalidated when uh... qaddafi and libya gave up his nuclear weapons and then under the leadership of hillary clinton secretary of state hillary clinton we not only invaded uh... libya with nato but uh... destroyed the qaddafi regime and even killed qaddafi himself so again the lesson once again If you give up your nuclear weapons or if you don't have nuclear weapons, you're vulnerable to U.S. militarism. So I think this is the danger in terms of trying to understand and put yourself in the shoes of another person. And we're not very good at that. Uh, I find weak countries have a better understanding of strong countries than strong countries have of weaker uh, countries. So when you look at the... United States-North Korean exchanges. Remember, North Korea has a lot of senior diplomats and military officials who've been worrying about the United States for the last 20, 30 years. Under Kim Jong-un, his uh, grandfather, Kim Il-sung, his father, Kim Jong-il, we don't have any great expertise. As I said before, we've lost our senior uh, diplomat at the State Department. He's just fed up and left. And the ambassador, who would have been a real asset in South Korea, where we still don't have an ambassador, um, had the rug pulled out from under him. So this is, um, you know, I, I hate to be pessimistic about the talks, because I believe in diplomacy. Winston Churchill said that jaw-jaw is better than war-war. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were more dialogue with, with Russia, for that matter, even at, at these difficult times. Where we're not sure what in the world Putin... Uh, is up to.
0: Kerry Harrison here with you. We're talking to Mel Goodman. Mel Goodman is a long-term CIA analyst, well over 24 years, turned whistleblower, which is why he's here with you right now on Resist Radio. We are, of course, available on resistradio.org and a variety of FMs from New York City all the way to Los Angeles and streamers in between. You can follow us on social media at Real Resist Radio. Let's pick it up again with Mel Goodman, former CIA analyst. I think
2: the, the problems with Russia and the deterioration of the relationship uh, is very real, unfortunately. And it's kind of ironic to me that in 1991, the Soviet Union dissolved, and we had an opportunity to create a new strategic relationship with Russia, and we just mishandled the entire situation. So the conventional wisdom you get now from these various networks and papers that you just cited, or is that Putin is to blame... All of this. Well, that's nonsense. If you go back to the 1991 period, uh, you have to look at the the terrible decisions that were made by uh, a series of American presidents. Bill Clinton made the worst decision when he expanded NATO um, in the mid 1990s. In other words, he took the old military political alliance that essentially won the Cold War and brought it closer to the Russian border at a time when we had already told the Russians if they got their military out of Germany, we wouldn't do such a thing. And then George Bush comes along and not only expands NATO with East European countries, he brings in former republics of the Soviet Union, the Baltic republics of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And then he abolishes the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty that I mentioned earlier that was negotiated in 1972, which was the cornerstone of strategic uh, deterrence.
1: But we all Obama. studied that in school, by the way. So thank you well, for that. It was a, it was very, it was a very, very good thing.
2: Very important period in time because yeah. remember in the 1980s, the great fear about uh, nuclear war during the Reagan administration because you had a president who kept talking about the evil empire. But even Reagan finally got it right in his second term and engaged in more arms control discussions with the Soviet Union in his second term than previous uh, presidents have and, and presidents uh, since. Uh, ronald reagan uh... barack obama's contri- contribution to these bad relations were the insulting remarks he made about putin the personal remarks and one thing about the russians you can say certain things about them but they're in a way old-school diplomats putin never returned these jibes in kind he never made these ad hominem attacks on uh... barack obama but he he sort of stored up all of his anger about nato and what nato was doing to russia uh, the deployment of uh, missile defense in East Europe by Bush and Obama, and we were claiming that they were there not against Russia but against Iran, as if there was some scenario in which Iran would be attacking East Europe. I mean, that was purely science fiction, if it was uh, anything. Uh, so now Putin feels that Russia is back on the international map. they made their moves in Crimea. They made their moves in eastern Ukraine. Uh, they saved Assad's government uh... in syria and they want acknowledgment of that i know everyone is being lampooned for even suggesting the idea that we need a real dialogue with with russia uh... but i happen to think that's exactly what we need these tit-for-tat measures uh, i know what just happened in britain with the um, the attempt to kill the former uh, double agent uh, from russia and his daughter who i guess are at death's door right now even as we're speaking uh... These tit-for-tat measures, Uh, Britain kicks out 23 Russian diplomats, Russia returns the favor by kicking out 23 Brits. We do the same thing with sanctions and indictments of Russian companies and Russian individuals. But at the same time this is taking place, I think it's very important for these two sides to engage in some kind of discipline, dialogue that deals with issues where we agree Moscow and Washington are in tremendous agreement about nuclear weapons, about uh, uh, reducing the nuclear inventories. In fact, Russia would go further in reducing nuclear inventories than we're prepared uh, to do. They agree with us that Iran shouldn't have nuclear weapons. They agree with us that North Korea shouldn't have nuclear weapons. They agree with us about certain elements of international terrorism and uh, insurgencies around the world. So we have a lot to be talking about. Right now, the relationship is totally one sided. And I don't see any chance for progress. It's just sort of careening uh, out of control. And again, just as you don't have North Korean expertise, who are the Russian expertise uh, experts? We have a national security advisor in General McMaster who can never address the American people on these national security issues. Remember the role that Henry Kissinger played for Nixon? He yeah. carried a lot of water for Nixon in the 1970s. Big Brzezinski did that for uh, Carter in the 1970s. Uh, we don't see that kind of spokesman for policy. And now you have a president who says, I will fix it. Uh, I will make the decisions. And no one acknowledges that he has any understanding of any of these issues, the simple ones, uh, let alone the complicated ones. So that's the fix we're in.
1: We look at the mainstream news. Why aren't they begging on bended knee for you to come in 24-7 and explain Lucy? Well, I think, there's I think be a the
2: uh, nomination of Gina Haspel, bloody Gina, to be CIA director is symptomatic of the overall problem. Because what MSNBC and CNN do and all of the commercial networks do is they go out to former CIA directors and former deputy directors, people like Leon Panetta, people like John McLaughlin, uh, people uh, like Porter Goss, who was a CIA director who go before the television camera and say that Gina has spell, has the support of the people in her agency. And she's a 33 year veteran of the CIA and a perfect choice for the CIA. The idea of allowing a dissident like myself to go on and talk about her role running a secret prison in Thailand, uh, being there for the waterboarding of Nashiri, who was waterboarded uh, several times and then sending uh, Able that told these secret prisons to destroy their torture tapes, which was a classic case of obstruction of justice, for which she suffered no consequences whatsoever, is just not going to happen. And I wrote a piece last week about that for Counterpunch. Uh, I'm their national security uh, columnist to say these are the views that you really never get on commercial television and the mainstream media. And remember, most of what you read in the mainstream media, Uh, is is what the government wants you to read, because they are the major sources of the mainstream media. Now, there's an exception to this now because of the Trump phenomenon, where you have two newspapers, at least, the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal, to a lesser extent, uh, starting to assert their uh, independence. But for the most part, the government dominates what we're to learn in terms
1: of national security affairs. Wow, it's you know I was hoping to leave on a happy note with you came to the wrong rainbows place. and a couple of bluebirds flapping, flapping in front of me. But uh, and and I know whistleblowing is highly punishable. We can thank Barack Obama for taking that up to a great art. Um, he but-
2: elevated it by using the Espionage Act against legitimate whistleblowers. My good friend Thomas Drake was facing a jail sentence of thirty-five years for a legitimate act of whistleblowing. And finally, it took a good judge to throw the case out of court, and he lectured the government lawyers from the Department of Justice that, you know, this isn't the Soviet Union, this is the United States, and we still practice uh, a rule of law. This is where Barack Obama really failed us. I mean, I supported him for both terms, but I thought I was voting for a a civic libertarian,
1: and that is not what we got. (laughs) Well, we all did. I mean, admittedly, we all did. You know, he's an organizer. Well, he's organized, that's for sure. And I appreciate your having you. come on today. Thank you for doing the work that you do and allowing these views to get
0: out there. Melvin Goodman Resist was an analyst Radio. at the CIA Wake for up. over 24 years. His books include Whistleblower at the CIA, an insider's account of the politics of intelligence and national insecurity, the cost of American militarism. Kerry Harrison here with you at ResistRadio.org. Resist Radio. Wake up resistradio.org.